G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Now the really interesting thing about that is that Jewish congregations throughout the world on any given Shabbat are reading and learning the same portion of scripture at the same time, which I think is pretty good. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Simhat Torah isn't a mandated festival or celebration, but it's a really wonderful Jewish tradition that developed in the early Middle Ages, primarily in Israel and Babylon. Today on Foundations, we're going to find out what it is and why it's so important to the Jewish people. I think it's one of the lovelier and more important traditions that the Jewish people have. I know we can shake our head a little bit and go, my gosh, they have so many traditions for so many different things, and some of them are a little strange, uh, but some of them are lovely. This is one of them. Simchat Torah, it actually means rejoicing in the Torah. And the Jewish people hold the word of God, the Torah, in incredibly high esteem. They revere it. They don't worship the item of a book or a scroll, but they really hold the word of God in incredibly high esteem. And I guess it's because it is the word of God. And oftentimes we can, I guess, diminish that. You know, the, the Bible, we can mm-hmm. sort of throw it around or just care for it fairly carelessly. Yeah. But certainly they revere it because it is the word of God. Yeah, exactly. Like we've talked before how if uh, a Torah scroll gets old and can no longer be used or it has um, been damaged or something, that they don't destroy it. They will bury it and give it like a funeral But they, mm. because it contains the word of God and the, the name of God. So they, they really revere it. In the synagogues, they have the Torah scrolls in a, a special, usually quite elaborate container that resides in a special cupboard at the front of the uh, the synagogue, so it's a place of preeminence, and uh, the canister that carries this scroll is called an ark. When they take the scroll out, usually with gloved hands, when they read it, they have a, a special stick that's got a little pointer on the end of it. It's called a yad, and they use that to keep place when they're reading. But no bare hands are to touch the scroll. Mm. It contains the word of God, and so they revere it. And it's um, you know, sometimes I think that we could emulate that or we should emulate that yeah. and treat the word of God with great respect um, and not just that okay it's just a book with writing on it we don't worship a book but we are talking about the word of God so yeah. I think that's pretty special now you mentioned that it's not a mandated celebration no. it's not even mentioned in the Bible is it? no it's not not at all it's a tradition that developed uh, I think you mentioned in the uh, early middle ages uh, you had um, Jewish people living in uh, Babylon And you also had them living, some in Israel. Of course, they were actually in the diaspora, so they'd gone throughout the whole world. But the the primary power bases of the Jewish culture and Jewish religion were in Babylon and also in Israel. And so you had these two different groups and they thought, you know what, we need to, um, we need to keep um, the word of God being taught in our synagogues and when we have our meetings and we need to do it publicly. And the reason they do it publicly, public reading of the Torah, is because there are a couple of examples in the Bible 
of public reading of the Torah. Ezra is a good case in point that he actually had the the, the Jews who had returned to Israel um, had them stand for, I can't remember how many hours it was. It was a long yeah. time. And they all stood there while Ezra read the Torah. And so there's a kind of a precedent there. There's no command that says you have to read it out loud in public, but there is a precedent there. And so what they set out to do was to divide the Torah into portions. Initially, they had um, had them divided into 150 sections. And so every Shabbat, they would get through the public reading of the Torah in three and a half years. I've got to be honest, for me, that seems impressive to get through the Torah in three and a half years in public reading. But there were groups of Jewish people that felt that wasn't enough, that they should do it within a year. Initially, in 51 portions, that would be 51 weeks out of a 52-week year. The problem is is that the Jewish calendar is different to our calendar and it would also leave it one week short because initially some of them said, well, you know, you can have a week off for the holidays. And it was like gasp, shock, horror. No, you can't (laughs) possibly have a holiday from the Word of God. And so to accommodate the Jewish leap year, they eventually sectioned it into 54 portions. That was the Babylonian group and the Babylonian group won. And so this was now the tradition that goes right through today. So there are a couple of other Shabbats in that as well. But if you don't have a leap year, then you just double up on some of your portions. And so that's why they call it the Torah portion for each particular week in the synagogue. Mm. Now, the really interesting thing about that is that Jewish congregations throughout the world on any given Shabbat are reading and learning the same portion of Scripture at the same time, which I think Mm. is pretty good. That's wonderful. It is. Obviously, there's other denominations that do similar things in Protestant churches where they have set readings uh, for each week, and oftentimes that'll line up with Easter and Christmas and what have you. Oh, absolutely. It's actually a really good tradition. I think sometimes we think it's a little bit religious, but I'll get to why I think it's actually really, really important, why I think this is a really good tradition. I think the reason it's important is because... Sometimes we can just focus on our favorite portions of the Bible and we can ignore other portions because either it's hard or we don't understand or it's a bit confusing or we think it's obsolete and doesn't matter. But by having a set portion of scripture that you go through every single week, over the course of a year, you will learn your Bible Mm. again and again and again. And I think that is really good. Now, we have our own Bible reading programs that we read the Bible by ourselves, trying to get through the Bible in a year. We see the value of that. But there's something really incredibly special about an entire congregation, a church family, a uh, Jewish congregational family, all reading and studying the Bible collectively throughout the whole year. They're all learning the same thing. They're all learning the whole counsel of God. And I think that is a really, really Mm. important thing. Yeah. To use a a bit of a phrase, it puts everybody on the same page. And that's literally what's happening in this case. Yeah, it really, really does. Now, the reason that we're talking about Simchat Torah today is because when this is actually celebrated, it's celebrated at the end of Sukkot. Now, Sukkot runs for seven days. But because Numbers 9 happens to mention the eighth day, Of course, that's a really good excuse to make the Sukkot holiday (laughs) eight days. With these Torah portions, they actually segment them so that at certain feasts or holidays within the Jewish calendar, certain portions of the scripture are actually read. So it emphasizes those particular holidays. And you mentioned, you know, we do the same sort of thing Mm. in our uh, church culture. 
Um, so Simchat Torah actually occurs on the ninth day. So after Sukkot is finished and you have the eighth day of Sukkot, then the ninth day is the celebration of the Torah, Simchat mm. Torah. Now, the way it works is this, is that they love the word of God so much that instead of reading the last portion of the Torah portions on the ninth day, that last day of Sukkot, what they do is rather than wait for the beginning of the Bible for the next Shabbat, they actually will read a portion of Genesis on that last day on Simchat Torah because the premise is the word of God never ends. Mm. The word of God is eternal. There's no start and stop to the word of God. It goes on and on and on. And every time you read it, you learn something new. Every time you study, you'll find another gem. You dig a little bit deeper, you'll find another treasure. It never, ever, ever ends, which is why Simchat Torah means celebrate the Torah. Mm. And when it's supposedly ending, no, it's not. It's just starting again. Now, I I think that that is pretty special because there are people around the world, our Christian brothers and sisters who are in very hard, closed nations who would love to have access to the Word of God once a week, once a month. We have it every single day. And here we have this incredible celebration, this Jewish tradition where they love and revere and honor the Word of God and they're hungry for it and they rejoice in it and they celebrate it. And we often have umpteen copies on the shelf and sometimes occasionally pick it up maybe. Mm. And I think we can learn a lot from this. Not that we have to emulate what they do, although that wouldn't be a bad thing, but to love and celebrate the Word of God the way they do, I think would be very good for us. Yeah, certainly not wanting it to become religious, but I think understanding the significance of mm. God's Word and the, the public reading of it is, uh, is amazing. yeah. In our next program, we're going to be looking at the will of God. We're going to do this over a few programs, but looking at the decretive will of God. We'll explore that next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.